0: Welcome back to Mission 2819, a podcast on discipleship. I want to thank you all again for joining in on this next episode of Contentment. And what does this mean? On today's episode, we're going to learn a little bit about contentment, what it means as a believer in Jesus Christ to find contentment and how that helps us out. And what does this mean to the church as well? So again, I thank you for joining in on Mission 2819, and I look forward to spending some more time with you all. So contentment is a big topic for believers, <clears throat> um, especially when the world says don't be content with anything and continue striving to uh, obtain more, to get more, to to have more income, to have a bigger house, to have a better car, uh, better clothes, to always keep what you would hear in, um, in most... Uh, Demographics, it's called leveling up And this is a big thing in uh, sales Um, They always want you to level up To always get more, get more, get more And the truth is we don't need any more All we need is Jesus And that can be hard to um, That can be a hard pill to swallow at times Knowing that all we need is Jesus When we see so many others um, obtaining more, getting more. Uh, and sometimes we have kind of a a perverted perspective of that, that it's a blessing. And yes, at times it is a blessing, but sometimes it's not. Um, what are the intentions and what to, what is it going to gain a person from having more? Um, I mean, I know in my own personal life, the more I've had, the more headaches I have and more responsibility and it just gets to be a big mess and a chaotic mess at times so let's ask the question why is contentment important to God well here's a few things um, to really think about um, with it being with contentment being important to God it helps us find joy in what God has given us helps us to focus on others and in their needs rather than placing our own desires and needs above other people. And that's part of the Great Commission, right, to always focus on the lost soul, to focus on the lost individual, and to focus on other people rather than focusing on our own desires and needs. Um, it is also the Blessed Assurance um that God does all things well and he's making all things work together for the good. Uh, contentment gives God worship. It removes our need for more. It keeps our focus on the great commission. Our hearts are satisfied in Christ alone rather than worldly things. And I think a lot of us have an issue with that. Um, I know I have in the past, um, so contentment is very, very important. Um, we can also make it through any situation with the strength of Christ when we find contentment rather than trying to make it through a situation in our own strength. And again, I think as individuals who believe in Jesus, uh, we do struggle with that, um, from time to time and, uh, the church as a whole, it struggles with that as well. Um, it allows us to Run the race of faith until the very end Until Christ comes back And it, it's not necessarily settling for what we have um, Right now in this very moment Rather it is trusting in what God is doing And has given us So contentment is very, very important to God And it's extremely important um, For our continued growth in our faith and in our relationship with Christ. So a couple characteristics or elements, if you want to call it that, of contentment would be a lack of envy, humility, and discipline. Now, each characteristic brings on its own um, issues as well, right? We got we to gotta be ready for that and stand guard for that. Uh, let's just take discipline, for example, um, a lot of people want to have discipline, and I've been learning this over the past couple of weeks. Um, discipline is not easy at times, it is extremely tough, and it can almost seem painful in some instances. Now, if we're willing to accept the pain and suffering that come along with discipline, with good discipline. Um, there's truly a character transformation that takes place and a heart change, um, that takes place. And through that discipline, we start to find contentment, um, not just for the things that we have, but where we are and who we are, excuse me. And, um, it, it can change us from the inside out. And that's, that's one of the marks of, uh, of a believer is being able to work through that pain and suffering um, That discipline brings on Now there's a, there's a few verses There's actually a lot of verses on contentment uh, Found in scripture throughout the Old and New Testament um, I'm going to share a few with you And I'm going to change it up today Instead of using the NASB We're going to go through the ESV translation And um, so again, I encourage you to always look up these verses, um, read the whole passage, get the real context of it um, from the Bible because you know even even doing a podcast like this, I, I'm gonna get things wrong and um, that's where discipline comes in right and contentment knowing that um, yes, I, I don't have everything right. And I will make mistakes, and I will have some things that are off. And that's where we can learn from one another. Um, Iron sharpens iron, and we grow together. So I always want you to look up these reference verses because um, I would never purposefully mislead you. So that's why I want you to get the the real context, the, the cultural and historical context of the verses, of the reference verses I'm sharing So that way you can continue growing as well. And we can learn from one another. And um, we can continue running this race of faith together. So let's start with uh, Hebrews 13.5. And that says, uh, Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, that's a really strong verse. Um, you know, in, in my life, when I have struggled with contentment and knowing that Jesus never leaves me or forsakes me, um, the areas that I struggled when, in was that I really didn't believe that, you know, in the beginning of my faith journey and um, pilgrimage of being a Christian believer. And I did seek out the love for other things like money, you know, being a salesman, um, for some very reputable places, it, uh, they really teach you to chase the money, chase it at all costs, find it, love it, uh, continue gathering more of it. But, um, what I didn't realize was I wasn't really seeing any more money. I was just getting a normal paycheck and you know, the company's making the money, which I mean, they have to in order to pay wages for everybody. But it was that principle and that characteristic of always chasing after money that never really brought contentment into my life, knowing that um, Christ will never leave me or forsake me. And it took some time to get out of that um, train of thought, out of that mindset. And there was a little bit of isolation that uh, came from that And I stopped hanging out with friends And um, there was some time where I wasn't really seeing family But that isolation was much needed It was discipline, right? To know that Christ will never leave me nor forsake me But he is always with me Now, uh, 1 Timothy 6.6 says But godliness with contentment is great gain um, I truly believe that, absolutely uh, Luke 12, 15 And he said to them Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions Well how many people do we see today in our modern culture and society um, Placing everything that they are in the abundance of their possessions and uh, their identity, it, it almost seems like their identity is found in what they have, what their possessions are. Um, is it a two bedroom house? Is it a three? Is it a four? Is it a five? Is it a 10? Is it a 20? Um, do you have one, two, 3, 10, 12, 15 cars? Um, do you have $1 in the bank? Do you have $5? Do you have 10000 Do you have a million? Do you have 100 million? It almost seems like our modern culture and society is um, completely opposite of what Luke twelve fifteen is saying right now. And people are finding their identity in their abundance of possessions rather than in Jesus. Uh, really think about that. And, um, you know, the thing is, we will never see the fullness of Jesus until we see the emptiness of everything else. And once we're able to do that, once we're able to see the emptiness in everything else and our eyes are illuminated to the fullness of Jesus, at that point, we're able to find contentment and we're able to set aside all things and completely focus on Jesus and his kingdom and working and building his kingdom because the kingdom is advancing right now right at this very moment right as we're talking and listening on this podcast um the kingdom is advancing the kingdom of god and there's nothing that we can do to speed it up slow it down stop it make it go it's only god the father through jesus that uh, is in command of the kingdom and we need to um be really careful to uh Really take note, where is our identity? Is it in our possessions, in a abundance of possessions, or it is our identity in Jesus? And once we find our identity and we know and believe that it is in Jesus, our life changes. There's freedom in it and there's contentment. Uh, Philippians 4.19 says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. And then Second Corinthians 12.10, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's because we're relying on Jesus, right? Not our own strength. We're relying on Jesus, and he will get us through anything. Um, Because we have the Holy Spirit indwelling within our hearts. We just need to believe and trust, right? Um, Ecclesiastes 3.13 says, Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. Everything comes from God. Nothing comes from man. Everything comes from God. And we need to truly believe that. Matthew six twenty five. Now, this is Jesus talking, right? Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. How many people are today, right? So, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? That, um, that statement from Jesus is... Pretty bold and pretty potent Um, what are we to worry about? I mean, if If our risen king is telling us not to worry about What we're going to eat, what we're going to drink Or what we're going to put on our body Body to clothe it I think we can trust in him With all our heart, right? Um, because if we start worrying about the other stuff Um, all of a sudden We're not fully trusting in Jesus And I get that it is, um easier said than done. Um, again, I've struggled with that in in the beginning of my walk, and still today I struggle with that every once in a while, and it's it's not easy. It really is not. So I, I get it. It's easier said than done, but we need to get to a point where we're striving to only focus on Jesus and not worry about the other things because Jesus will provide for every need. And I tell you what, we will not go out without um, if we truly trust in Jesus. Psalm 23 1, which is a psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So if we're truly trusting in Jesus and we're going to find contentment, and that contentment is going to lead us into a deeper relationship with him, naturally, Um, We will not want anything else of this world, and uh, we almost get uncomfortable with having more possessions or chasing after more money, um, looking for a new job, anything like that, uh, if we place our full trust in Jesus. Because we know when we do that, that he is going to supply us and provide us for our every need. Now, Matthew 6.33, we talked a little bit earlier about the kingdom advancing, right? Now, Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, again, that's Jesus speaking. So, what is to be our main focus, and where can true contentment be found Well, that is truly in seeking Jesus, right? And his kingdom and um, his righteousness. And then the blessings, the promises of God are added to us as we do that. Uh, The world is so empty. There is no promises from the world for the believer. And for the ones that don't believe, this is as good as life is going to get. But for those that do believe, I tell you what, there is a, a beautiful future ahead And my heart just, it it mourns and it just, it breaks knowing that people don't want to know Jesus. And I I don't even know what else to say about that. It, um, it is truly heartbreaking for how many people just want to do something else other than seek a relationship with Jesus they're missing out on so much, on eternal life, on eternal blessings, and they're trading all that in for the ways of the world. It, uh, again, I, I was like that at one point, and I reflect back on that every once in a while from what Jesus brought me out of, and and from, and my heart still breaks that you know I even thought a thought that way, and. Uh, yeah, it it really brings the heart into mourning. Now, well, Proverbs twenty eight twenty five um kind of gives a stance on this, and it says, "A greedy man stirs up strife, but the one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched." Well, greed, yeah. When when you're not focusing on Jesus and you're focusing on the world, it, greed naturally comes into your heart, and it. Absolutely stirs up strife. Maybe not in other individuals' lives, but your own life it sure will. And I've seen that happen in my own life before. Psalm sixteen eleven says, "You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Our pleasure is found in Jesus." Everything that we need is found in Jesus because why at the right hand? Well, Jesus is currently seated at the right hand of the Father. He is on the throne right now. Um, He has been ever since eternity past and then throughout all creation and the creation account and through his first coming with the cross and now currently he is still seated at the right hand of the Father In heaven right now, occupying the throne of heaven right now. Think about that. How amazing is that? Jesus is currently occupying the throne of heaven at this very moment. And once our perspective with that comes in, and we start to understand that Jesus is on the throne here and now, currently occupying the throne of heaven at this very moment all of a sudden we start to see truly how big God is right how big Jesus is and that there is nothing that we can't accomplish when we submit our plans to him and work for him right we can find contentment then Psalms four eight says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Now, part of having some discontentment is not taking refuge in the Lord. But having contentment allows us to take refuge in the Lord. Well, what does this mean? Why, Why would I want to take refuge in the Lord? It's, he's our resting place. He, uh, he gives us the rest that we need, true rest And when we find rest, we find growth and development, and we find character change. Um, When we find rest and we have contentment in that, we start to hear that small, still voice of the Holy Spirit speaking into our hearts. And that's when we can follow, and um, that's when we can start working for the Lord. And we, we start to trust Him through that, so one thing that, um, I've noticed with contentment, um, now uh, this first part was just all individual based, right? And we all struggle with this. I get it. And, uh, so let's be praying for one another, but one of the big issues for the church, local and statewide, nationally, globally, the big C church, um, with contentment is keeping up with culture, right? And cultural needs and perspectives. Well, what does that mean? What, what do you, you know, Greg, what are you talking about here? Um, you know, the search for maybe more people to attend the church or become members of a church and, um, even some things such as, uh, well, we need to have a bigger building. And if we build it, they will come. Well, what a lie that is. You know, that that's one of the oldest tricks in the book. If you build it, they will come. No, no, not at all. I'm sorry. But that is uh, that perspective is thinking in the ways of the world. Um, you know, some of the most influential churches have, you know, under, under 50 people in it. And they're meeting outside there, there is no building. The church isn't a building. It's the people. And, um, when the church doesn't have contentment, it, it starts to gravitate towards what the world offers and how the world operates. And, you know, a church that has discontentment may be operating like a, like a corporate business and rather than operating like a church Well, what does this mean? Well, everything's structured, you know, like a business. Um, Instead of elders, they have um, a board of legalists, let's just say, or um, a board, which there's nothing wrong with a board. And and I totally understand and get um, if a church doesn't have the title or term elder and they have a board of people. But it's the heart, right? It's the, the stature of the heart at that point. Um, because when, when somebody would be considered an elder or a spiritual leader of the church, if they're going to start bringing in a business practice over um, what Scripture teaches about the heart of an elder, well, there's some discontentment there because now... They're not chasing after what God wants in God's kingdom. They're chasing after well, how do we build this and make it profitable um, to bring people in? Well, now we got a marketing ploy, right? And it um, it can be very deceiving and manipulative. And that's what I'm trying to get at is, uh, you know, it, it's okay not to have the titles, but um, it's where the heart is—the intention of the heart. So I do see a lot of discontentment in the church today. Um, there are many churches that are trying to build bigger churches, better churches, um, have, have big, beautiful water fountains, um, inside and, uh, the best light show, the best audio, uh, the, the best worship team at times. And sometimes I know some big churches, uh, actually hiring musicians, And they don't really give a true evaluation. Well, is this person a believer or not? Or is this, you know, are you hiring them out as an entertainer? Now, there's nothing wrong with hiring musicians for a church, but um, we really got to make sure that the people that are leading the congregation in worship, they need to be a believer. You know, you can't just go out and hire somebody and say, all right, our music's going to get better. This is going to. Make people gravitate here and our numbers are going to go up. You know, discontentment leads to a numbers game, but contentment leads to a changed heart. Now, the success of the church is seeing a heart changed, a heart transformed, a last soul coming to believe in Jesus. But discontentment plays a numbers game. It says, hey, we need more. We need more. We need more. We need more people. We need a bigger facility um, we need more programs, and all that does is lead to chaos, and eventually, you know, through discernment, uh, the congregation's going to catch on, and people are going to start leaving, and it's not because of people, um, you know, doing stuff to other people or hurting people, but it's to, uh, man, we're we're quenching the Holy Spirit here, we're not allowing Him to work, we're not... We're not allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us, and I don't want to be a part of that. Discontentment will lead to that in the church, right? And um, people will go. People will leave. People will go to a church then where the Holy Spirit is allowed to work. And I say allowed to because we got to make a decision and saying, hey, Holy Spirit, please move my heart today. You know, please just pour out everybody's heart in this church today. Now we got to make a, a choice to surrender and submit to the Holy Spirit, and that's why um, I use that word aloud. And uh, because there is some responsibility on our part, too, to, um, to say, Hey, Holy Spirit, we, uh, we surrender and submit fully to you. You know, let your work be done here. What Jesus wants you to do, let it be done. But if we have discontentment, we try to analyze things too much, almost like a spreadsheet, and all of a sudden it's, what can we do to improve this? What can we do to make this better? And then perfectionism comes in, and that's just a a downhill thing from there. So contentment is extremely, extremely important to God, and he makes it so important to him that it actually affects our relationship with him in either a positive or a negative way. And it affects the church as a whole in a positive or negative way. So whatever we can do to find contentment, we have to be ready for that pain and suffering that comes with it. Because if we're going to find contentment, we're going to have to discipline ourselves. And that is never fun. Um, It can actually be quite painful at times. But if we can accept that pain and suffering... We will find contentment, we will find a character and heart change, and we will grow deeper in our love for Jesus Christ. I want to thank you all again for joining in on Mission 2819. Please be praying for everybody to find contentment. Um, The world is changing, the kingdom continues to move faster, and... The church needs contentment and we all need contentment. So be praying for one another. Show unconditional love and grace towards one another. I love you all. I'll be praying for all of you. Be praying for me. Have a blessed week.